Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, how did you like the concert anyway? I thought Tim McGraw was good. Not much else happened well after that. The Buccaneers lose to the San Francisco 49ers 31-17. Quarterback Jameis Winston throws three interceptions, two that are returned for touchdowns. The Bucks lost a fumble as well. They went for it on fourth and two at the goal line, did not score. Just a bad day for the offense and a bad start for the Bruce Arians era as the Bucks fall to the 49ers in the season opener at Raymond James Stadium. We're going to break that down with my colleague Eduardo Encina. On this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursting. Hey, folks, if uh, you have a business and you'd like to sponsor a portion of this podcast, we have lots of new ways you can do that. Our advertisers are having great success, and you will too. Now, here's what you do. For information, contact us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We'd love to have you be part of our team. All right, Rick Stroud here with Eduardo Encina. We've just watched the Bucks' season opener. They fall 31-17 to to the San Francisco 49ers. This was such a disappointment um, for the Bucks and their fans on so many levels. And the way it played out, Eduardo, I think was even worse because, you know, the whole reason for hiring Bruce Arians, in a sense, is to, you know, see what he can do with the quarterback, Jameis Winston, help push him over the top. You know, they came in with a pretty good offense. They wanted to rebuild the defense a little bit. Todd Bowles was doing that with a new scheme. But obviously the focus was on the quarterback. And even though you, you can never put the entire game on one player, Jameis Winston made some mistakes in this game that will come back to, to haunt him. And, it, and the kind of mistakes we've seen from him for five years, that's the biggest thing. He ends up throwing uh, three interceptions. One clearly was not on him. It was off the hands of O.J. Howard. Should have caught the ball. Howard also had a fumble. But then two decisions that he made um, just really weren't good decisions. He threw late uh, to a running back out in the flat. Peyton Barber and Richard Sherman was just camped out there and returned that for a pick six. And then when they were trailing by six with about two minutes and 11 seconds or so to go, on first down, um, Dare and Gumbawale gets caught up in the middle of the traffic trying to get out on the screen, and Jameis throws it blindly over towards the the left flat, and it's right to a linebacker who returns that for pick six, game over. This could not have been any worse for Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians. Yeah, you know what, some of the things, a couple takeaways, you know, when you mention these these, uh, interceptions in particular, is it like, you know, the whole thing that we've been talking about here is Jameis making smart, quick decisions, right? So one, his decisions weren't that quick. Two, is especially on two of those passes, those were blind hope. Now, we can say, we can look at the O.J. Howard one, it came off his hands, not his fault, okay? You got a mulligan on that one. But when you look at, at the one with uh, Peyton Barber lining up on the outside on Richard Sherman, I'm sorry, <laughs> but if you're going to throw a ball in that direction to a running back out, lined up on the outside, 
you better know you can get it to them, right? Yeah. So, one, there's that bad decision. And two, I don't even know that on the third one, he just kind of lofted it, right? And both of those plays were not just bad in the sense of like, you know, like I said, just blind faith plays that he made. But they also ended up being ending up in the worst situations end result possible, which was pick sixes. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and you can't, you just can't have that. I mean, we th- this is what we've been talking. This, I mean, you've seen this longer than I have. I've seen it long enough too. Is it like this is the mo? You know, this is what you know is causing the Bucks games. You know, I mean, we can turn this around and see. You know, the, the Bucks defense didn't play that bad. Like, they no. played, they actually played really well. Like that, they only allowed the not the Forty ers one touchdown. I think so. Yeah. Um, you know. But this team is not going to move forward. It's not going to progress the way they need to progress um, if this kind, these kind of decisions keep getting made. I mean, it's ironic, right, because, you know, no matter what you thought of the Bucks last year, the fact is the defense gave up 29 points a game, and I don't care who's quarterbacking, you're not going to win many of those. But they did. They came out and they played pretty well today, and they played, uh, as we sit here doing this podcast on Sunday night, um, they played well enough to win, quite Absolutely. frankly. In fact, they scored the four first points of the season. The only points in the first half came on Vernon Hargrave's pick six. You know, that's a player that's been under scrutiny a lot, you know, been injured two of the four years, gets his start, new scheme, more aggressive, up in receivers' faces, and he turns it into a into a great start for the Bucks with the, the first touchdown, the only touchdown they scored in the first half. And yet they're still in this game, obviously, at halftime. Look, San Francisco... This is the other thing. They're not a good football team, right? Um, they had to travel 3,000 miles. Their defense has gotten a little bit better, but Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played in over a year coming off an ACL. They basically have one receiver they throw to, which is a tight end, George Kittle, who amazingly gets open on every single play. <laughs> um, but that side, you know, in talking to, to, to other people, now that there were others involved a little bit. You know, I, I, I tend to – I hate to beat up on a quarterback because it's the easy thing to do, right? And, and he's one guy. But by the same token, he also made those decisions. But his players did not help him. Um, on the one interception that he does throw it out to the flat, um, you know, on the hitch to uh, to Peyton Barber, Mike Evans, they have a blitz on. Mike Evans is supposed to run a hot route on the other side of the field, and he doesn't. He he told me after the game, he says, I left him, I hung him out to drop. I'm supposed to be hot. I didn't, you know, and Mike Evans was sick. He was in and out of the game all day, was not himself, only caught two balls. Of course, Richard Sherman had something to do with that. But that doesn't mean that Jameis has to throw it there, right? It's a hitch. And, and I remember Bruce Arians, you may remember this too, in training camp, you know, Jameis threw a hitch and he threw it late, and Arians jumped all over him and said, you throw the hitch, you got to throw it right now. You know, you can't, be, you can't be late on that hitch. Well, he was late, and he threw it outside, and it's a pick six. But Mike Evans had something to do with that. First interception, O.J. Howard says, you know, I should have caught that ball. That was on me. Howard also had a fumble in the game um, that erased a 15-play drive. So they gave away points tonight. And that was the thing. It's like the 49ers didn't defeat the Bucks. They won by default. I mean, this is what this team has done. Name the coach over the last five years, whether you're talking about Lovey Smith or Dirk Cutter or today Bruce Arians. The quarterback makes bad decisions. He throws interceptions, and they lose. And this is 61 interceptions now in 58 starts, I think. That's way too many, folks. And you can't have pick sixes where you're putting points on the board for the other team and your defense is playing lights out. So um, I I don't know how, how much worse this could go. I guess we're going to find out in four days. 
because that's when the Bucks have to go up and play the Carolina Panthers, uh, who also lost on Sunday, and so they're going to be looking to get get even and get to be one and one. They certainly don't want to lose two home games. They could be zero two before the week is over. Yeah, and and you know that's the tough part about it is that there's no. Uh, I mean, some some and in the in the Bucks locker room when we were in there, you know, maybe it's a good thing that you know you you get back on the field, but. If you lose in Carolina, it's a division game. It's on the road, so it double flies, uh, doubles the, the importance of it. You come out of here at the end of this week, and you're zero and two. You're in a pretty big hole, especially knowing that you know after they come back and play the Giants a week after, yeah. you've got that gauntlet of a, of a road schedule yeah, you do. coming up, and so it doesn't get any easier. This is the NFL. It doesn't get any easier anyway. But this is this is a tough slate for them. Like we've yeah. we've kind of broken this into like maybe you know two kind of seasons. One mm-hmm. is. The one that we're dealing well, the one that we're dealing with now, which is these games, and then that long stretch of travel, and then what they come back home with, which seems to be a little bit easier slate. But also, Rick, when we talk about this stuff, it's like I think we know from seeing this team is that let's face it, they're not a good enough team to make these kind of mistakes and overcome them. No. And whether we're talking about Jameis Winston's interceptions, or we're talking about the the probably the weirdest thing of the day, I think, which is a pair of touchdown passes that were to Cam- the same guy to Cameron Brate that were called back for the exact same penalty on the, on the same exact guy. same guy, Demar Dotson. Yeah. You know, like that was just brutal. It was just like you know, you you, you do it once is one thing. You do it twice and it gets called back. It's like what do you got to do? So, and we talk about you know this being a whole team failure. It really, it really is. I mean, oh, like you yeah. said, we can put this on James, but there's a lot, a lot of things. And like I said. When you're not, when you're not, you have to be so much better as a team when you make these mistakes in the NFL. And until we see it, you know, I mean, it would, I, I'd like to say I was the only one to pick the uh, the 49ers to win this game. You did, and and my my rationale with this was show me, show me, right? Exactly. It's like you guys, it's it's all great, you know, but you guys got to show me that this is different. And tonight they they did. I've always said this about starting game. This is a weird thing, and maybe it makes no sense, but. I've always thought there's more pressure on teams to start their season at their home field in this sense is that and, and Mike Mike Evans talked to me about it after the game. He says, you know, it's opening day. Okay, so they brought Tim McGraw in here to try to get some fans and I guess it worked. It's kinda of sad that you gotta have a concert series to get people on opening day, but but that's what happened. Um, a decent crowd. And all the expectations and all the talk and the hype. You know, the great thing about the NFL is everybody has hope. Everybody has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. They all think they're going to do it. There's usually about five new playoff teams a year. And then you come out here and there's so many expectations that you want to throw for 400 yards. You know, this is what Mike Evans told me. You want want three, four guys to catch 100 yards receiving and a guy to run for 200. You want to look pretty. You know, you want to look good doing what you're doing, entertaining. It's all this all this expectations and then the game starts and you start making mistakes and OJ Howard has a bad day he fumbles the ball ball comes off his hands um you know some good things happen but you just you just don't get it done you give away a game to a 49ers team that I believe has not come to the east coast and won in the last five years I think, I mean, I think it's yeah. been that long so you know again this this is the 49ers were full of low expectations themselves and to let them walk out of here with a game that you just pretty much gift wrapped i mean it was bizarre it was some things happened too during the game that you didn't expect i mean for example quan alexander who you know played here for four years signed as a free agent coming off a torn acl all hyped up made some plays early 
he winds up just to make Jameis's day worse, bashing him in the helmet, um, and you know gets a personal foul. But more than that, gets tossed out of the game with like I don't know less than a minute to go in the first period quarter. You talked to Alexander. I was stunned to find out they gave the guy a game ball. Yeah, they gave him a game ball, and you know I mean. Yeah, you know, I think the 49ers were a little surprised that they did win this game. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because uh, you know, and, and we know we know what Quan was when he was here. You know, he was a you know emotional guy, an emotional leader. You know, it, it probably killed him to like oh. to to have to leave this game. Just like watching him walk off the field when he got kicked out was kind of like it was sad. Yeah, it was sad. But um, and I think that's why they gave him the game ball. Cheer it's him little, up. Yeah, I mean, when when he's in the locker room, when I walked in. Uh, you know, he's he's sitting there clutching this football like it's a baby, you know. And <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, you knew it meant a lot to him. You know, this wasn't the way he wanted this to happen. You know, no, he, he wanted to come not. back and Thought have about a good it all game. year, right? He was probably a little bit more amped up than than, than usual. It might have been have, have had something to do with why why he did that. No hit. question. I mean, no question. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, you get in, you get in, into the heat of the moment, the heat of the game. You know, that this this uh, you know lowering the helmet panel. Uh, Penalty it's, it's one that's kind of evolved over the years and over the past couple of years it's one where basically it's not even helmet to helmet anymore it's just you lower that helmet and you try to instigate con- initiate contact with another player uh, you're going to get 15 and in in cases with you know protecting as as the league likes to is trying to protect the quarterbacks you know you could get ejected too and so that's what happened um, but I mean going into that 49ers locker room they uh, I mean I'm not saying they felt like they won the Super Bowl there but I think they were definitely a little surprised that that uh, that they won this game because because them. of because of the history. You know, yeah, they they have not win. they have really struggled going out east. And as we know, you know, West Coast teams. We, I think we can see it this week too. I mean, yeah. the, the Rams. You know, took uh, the, the the Panthers took took the Rams out there to uh, deep into the game. So you know, it's uh it's one of those things where you know it, it's a part of the game. But uh, you know, it, this one was one though, Rick. That I feel that you know it's just kind of really really so frustrating to watch because you know uh you know we, we we've heard all this stuff all year all off season about you know the offense and the no risk it no biscuit and the you know the way that uh that this is going to turn around and you know when, when you really look at offense in in a lot of different ways it was just completely you know out of sync you know but um well the one thing they did well and I'll give them this, is they got Ronald Jones Absolutely. being Ronald Jones again. He ran the ball well. I mean, what did he gain? Uh, 75 yards on just 13 carries. That's damn near – that's 5.8 yards a carry. He had a 16-yard run and another 11-yard run, I think. So he ran inside. He ran tough. He broke tackles. Um, should have scored on a touchdown. If he'd have scored that touchdown, that would have prevented what turned out to be – you know, a bad decision. Let me just say this, too, about Bruce Arians. <laughs> uh, they had a chance to cut this game, this lead, by the 49ers down to a field goal with no, about no, 14 no, no, minutes to go, right? So they, they're they lining up for a field goal. I mean, Matt Gay is on the field, and he's going to chip one in from about 22 yards or so. And the damn 49ers jump off sides. Okay, well, it's half the distance to the goal. Okay, they're at the four-yard line. Now it's at the two. Well, the two-yard line, I mean, that's, you know, if it was that easy, everybody would go for two and get a two-point conversion. I mean, there's not much room down there, but you can't just hand it off all the time and think you're going to get two yards unless you got beast mode back there. So they put the punt, pull the punt team off, put Winston back in, 
And they run a play. They get two inside routes and a safety standing in the middle of the field that has no one to guard. And he just reads the ball, steps up, and damn near intercepts it and would have gone 100 yards for a touchdown, but knocks the ball down. And they get zero points. Well, why did that matter? Well, of course, the field position helped them. But when they got the ball back the next time, they kicked a field goal. That would have tied the game had they kicked the first field goal. And then everything else changes. Right? And then everything's different at that point because you never you never got that lead back. You never got even with the 49ers. The crowd would have been back into it. So that's the, that's the Bruce Arians no risk it, no biscuit thing that, you know, you're going to put that much on the table with 14 minutes to play. Now he said, well, I had a lot of faith in my defense would hold them down there, and they did, and they got good field position. They went back down there again and kicked the field goal, but it wasn't going to be enough um, because, you know, before long they, they, they were trailing by six again, um, and, and so they needed to drive the length of the field. And that's the thing that I think if I'm Bruce Arians, you know, I talked to Arians and I said, you talked about you thought his only bad decision was the screen pass, but then you also said earlier he shouldn't have thrown it out to the running back you know, when Richard Sherman's standing there. So that's two decisions that are critical in this game that both end up being pick sixes. Right. And we started this conversation about how he needed to change Jameis Winston's decision-making. And he just witnessed what every coach that has coached Jameis Winston has gone crazy about, and that is how do we stop this guy from making these throws? And, again, they weren't egregious in that he just looked at the defender and threw it to him. But he needs to go a different place with the ball or throw the ball out of bounds or dirt the ball. How many times have you seen Tom Brady or, I don't know, Drew Brees when nothing's there on a screen right. pass, guy gets caught up in the wash, just throw the ball on the ground. And Darway Agumabo. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wale, and that was a critical – those are two critical plays he was part of that he didn't make. And, you know? We, and, and when we talk about this, we've also got to keep in mind, one, is that, like, you know – they're not reinventing the wheel here, but they are trying to get Jameis Winston to think a different way. True. And a part of that is relying on the running backs as receivers. And yeah, that's right. And it's that's something, something that he they, doesn't do very it's well. It's something he hasn't do – he didn't do often, often. and he didn't do very well. That's you know, right. so, so right. – and two of these picks were to receivers. I mean, were to running backs. Yeah. And so, obviously, the, the one with, with – but Peyton Barber's a little bit different because he's lined up out wide. But but that's you know, not but, what he would normally do. Right. He wouldn't have a running back going one-on-one with Richard Sherman on a hitch route. Exactly. Now, one thing that, you know, you mentioned this about Ronald Jones and, like, you know, this is one thing that Arians did promise is that they, they are going to have a little bit more balanced offense. And it is the one thing I took that was a positive is, like you said, the, the Ronald Jones uh, production, but also just the fact that, you know, they were involved in a – tight game in the second half second half and they were okay with just running it down another team's throat and just saying you got to stop us and before this team didn't do that they probably maybe they didn't have the guys to do that but ronald jones we talk about 13 attempts for 75 yards in the second half he had 
uh, 68 yards on nine carries. So that's about almost eight yards a yeah, carry. Yeah, he was gashing he was, them. He was gashing them. They, didn't, they couldn't stop him. You're right. So, so he just kind of rammed it down their throat. And, and that was good to see because, you know, and maybe part of that is because, like, you're trying to take a little bit of pressure off Jameis. You know, well, certainly help him. It, it, it certainly, I think, a, a big part of it, too, is trying to level the playing field because that defense was out on the field for a long time. Yes, it was. And it, this, this game was one of those ones. I think I told you about this the other day when we were thinking about talking about this game, Rick. It's like I thought this game might be a little bit more like that Baltimore game, you know, in, um, in Baltimore at the end of last year where obviously there was rain, it was cold, it was one of those weather – you know, whether whoever, made, factor, whoever made but, one play, but it was one of of you know just grind out whoever yeah. made a play, field position stuff like that. And I thought this was going to be like that. It didn't necessarily play out like that ex- exactly, did, but 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 you know it would be great to see this team eventually. You know, for for as much as we talk about the throws and the bad decision and stuff like that. Just ram it down another team's throat. Just enhance it. You know, take your will and just yeah. do it against another team. And just you know, and this was a team that you know. Well, we, we give the 49ers a lot of credit for having a really good front front four, and, and, and it's good. It's good, but, I mean, they, that's they, what they, you do they were handily handing it to him. Yeah, that's you know? what you do with guys that want to rush the passer. Yeah. You run the ball down their throat. And he did most of his work in the second half when the Bucks were trailing. Yeah. Which, you know, I credit. And there's one thing Bruce Arians said. They asked him about, you know, how do you think Byron Leftwich called the game? He goes, well, I like the fact that when we started running it, he kept running it. Yeah. And – and that kept the game kind of close and kept the ball out of Garoppolo's hands. And, you know, again, I don't think that's a great offensive team over there. They're certainly better on defense. It wasn't, wasn't particularly a great matchup for the Bucks' offensive line, which, by the way, run blocking, good. The first holding call on DeMar Dotson I thought was egregious. I didn't see a hold. I mean, if you're going to call that, a, you could call that any play. Um, the second one, nah, you probably did. And Brayton makes two great catches. You know, one was an easy screen pass. The other one he – does the toe-tap swag down there in the back of the end zone. But, you know, you start taking points off the board because of penalties. I'd be a little concerned about DeMar Dotson in his 11th season against some of the elite, you know, young pass rushers right now. You know, we saw a little bit of this in Cleveland. Um, I, I didn't think they protected Winston particularly well. I mean, he was sacked three times. He ran out of there a couple other times. You know what I thought he was slow to do? Tuck the ball and go. There was only a couple times he did that. You know, I like last year. I thought he was a guy towards the end of the year, especially when he came when he was benched and came back. I thought he was a guy that that was more prone to to get out of there and get what he can and get down. Right. Now, getting hit in the face by Quan Alexander might have changed his right. mind about some of that. Um, and there were some quarterbacks that got hurt on Sunday, but you know, to me, he didn't look. He said he he said after the game he felt decisive. I don't think he looked decisive. Right. And I think that's the thing too is like, we're 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 talking about this reinvention of Jameis Winston, but ideally, what you want is you want still the good things that make him his you best quality, best quality, yeah. which are you know a certain level of he can extend a play, yeah, outside he, the park. He has really good feel for for getting guys, finding guys, you know, in in space. Those are his best you know, plays, and and he can tuck the ball when, when he needs to. Now, you combine that with what you're telling him now, which was. They're coming. You got to get the ball out, which are very two very different philosophies. They really so, are. So how do you combine them to make the well, best the best ver- the best version of Jameis Winston? That's you know? a really good point, and I think I think Jameis is going to struggle. I think people look. We've all seen him turn the ball over, and we saw it again tonight. But I think people have to understand that for the first time in five years, he's trying to to learn a new system. And the one thing I know about Jameis is he's a people pleaser. 
Yeah, he is. He wants to do it the way you tell him. And, and so if Bruce Arians is saying, take the check down, take the check down, take the check down, you know, stay in the pocket, get the ball out of your hands. You have to get the ball out of your hands. You can't hang on to it. I saw him throw the ball away more times tonight than I've seen him maybe in the first four years. Where, you know, and ironically, when he needed to, t- to throw he it away, he didn't do it. Right. And, you know, like, like on first down, trailing by six with two minutes to go, that's a two-minute drive. You go down there and score a touchdown, you win the game. Everything's right in front of you. So, you know, I, I think he's caught a little bit in between learning a new system, trying to please the coach, trying to get the ball out of his hands. Um, but he just didn't complete enough balls today. He didn't, he didn't complete the football, and he didn't have help by his receivers. I mean, look, if I told you going in, you know, Mike Evans is going to have five targets today, five out of 36. That's not Mike Evans. Right. Something was wrong with Mike Evans. He was sick. He was getting fluids at halftime in particular, say he felt better in the second half. He was taking himself out of the game. He was Which you never see from Mike Evans. You never, he's a warrior. You never see that. But two for 28, one of them a 16-yarder, that's not Mike Evans. Um, you know, outside of uh, Chris Godwin had only six targets, he caught three for 53 yards, and that, including the, the best ball he threw all day, was a 28-yarder, the absolute bullet in there, and then he hit him for the touchdown. But again, only three catches for Chris Godwin, six targets. O.J. Howard had a horrible day. He caught four for 32, but he left, you know, two balls on the ground or one, you know, two turnovers that were absolutely on him. And, you know, talking to him after the game, he's like, look, we were just trying to get a field goal. It's third and 15. I got to get down, you know. He got the ball knocked out of his hands trying to get extra yardage, and they turn it over. So they were down there, you know, multiple times and came away with zero points. 15-yard drive ends in a fumble. Um, You know, fourth and two, they go back, put the offense back on the field. They don't get – they get no points. So you can't waste chances like that. And that's the thing about the NFL – even the bad teams, if you let them hang around, yeah. they will beat you. Yeah. You have to put points on the board. You have to find a way to protect the ball and put points on the board. But I can't believe we're sitting here week one having this conversation about Jameis Winston throwing the ball to the other team that's taking it in the end zone. I mean, that's that's like the worst-case scenario well, right now. Well, look at this too, Rick. You know, we, we've talked a lot about, you know, one of the things Jameis does is he likes to go downfield. Yeah, he's yeah. always looking to gain yards, right? He does. Now, Wants to drive we, the ball. Now, we, we look at, at this, this pass chart here, and the running backs caught seven balls, right? That's right. So, Dari Gumbalale caught four, had four receptions, which was tied for the most on the team. Yeah. Okay? Right. And then you break that down and, and compare it to the receivers and the tight ends, and position Nothing. by position, Zero. The, the running backs caught more than, than, the, than the receivers or the, the, or the tight ends as units. They did. So... You know, and, and, and I remember from, I think early on, you know, I think there were a couple drops. You know, Godwin had a drop. I think Perriman had a drop early on. Those kill you early. You know, it kills the mojo when you put a ball somewhere and, and the guy doesn't catch it. But, Obviously, the Howard the Howard interception was one that, that he probably could have got. But, but also, too, like, okay, we're talking about all this about Jameis having to change, right? But I think at a certain point here, like, where is the evolution of – an offense because wasn't the whole thing that we we kept hearing from whether it was Todd Bowles a defense whether it was Byron Leftwich's offense is that you put your players in the right positions to make plays yeah right yeah that that's what we've heard all off season so we heard all preseason well so you're right about at, at that. a certain point this I don't I don't see this 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 pass receiving chart of Daria Gunabalale being your your leading receiver yeah. as being one that with this team a winning. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, stat no, chart. It's no. just not. And, and the thing is, Bruce Bruce is known for throwing the ball down the field, particularly with Carson Palmer. But to your point, if you throw out the one throw Jameis made where he stepped up and whistled a 28-yarder to Chris Godwin, let's right. toss that out. He has his biggest completions are 16, 15, and 11. Which is not Jameis Winston. At all. You know, you're usually going to have a 40 in there, a couple 28s in there, a 30 in there. Um, he did not drive the ball down the field at all. Now, you know, maybe, maybe the 49ers are keenly aware of that and we're playing some cover two shell or whatever that prevented it. But I'm here to tell you, you're exactly right. They've got guys, big play receivers that can get down the field. You know, Brett Perriman is here. He caught two for ten. Brett, I'm sorry, Brashard Perriman. Brashard Perriman is not here to run out, to run, run stick routes. He's here to get down the field, vertical. You see what Deshaun Jackson did today for the oh, Eagles? Yeah. Oh, he got vertical. You know what I'm saying? Um, Brashard Perriman is supposed to take that job and get vertical. If you're going to have Scotty Miller inactive, you got to have somebody stretch the field. Um, you know, whether Jameis turned those throws down, which is possible, um, or – Again, he's trying to please and do the right thing and get the ball out of his hand because he's worried about protection. That's the other thing to this. How much is Winston worried about protection? How much does he trust the offensive line in the fact that he knows we've got empty backfields here, I got no help with chipping, or you know, they can always bring one more guy than, I can, than we can block with five, and so the best protection I have is myself right. and getting the ball out of my hands. And so... You know, that's an added responsibility on him that, you know, is different from the previous offense. And, again, one for six to start the game is not what you want to see under any circumstance. And he, he just came out and looked uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this, this is not necessarily a scientific observation. No. But, you know, if you know you're going to get hit, you're going to get hit. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, you know, we, we with the way just this, we're going a little bit deeper in the weeds here, but when we follow our stories, we attach photos, right? I could not find a photo, Rick, that did not have Jameis Winston getting hit. Well, because there, there, there was wasn't not one, one. There was not one in our system that did not have Jameis Winston with a clean release. That did not have him either off balance, getting hit, getting knocked off his feet on the ground, any of that. So our photographers obviously do a really good job at, at, at giving you the action. But, man, it did not look like Jameis had a good day. We know the numbers, but he already is, is, is getting conditioned to know, I'm going to get hit a lot. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, and this, you can't escape this either. Even though we think, as we sit here, that the defense played pretty well, and they didn't give up a lot of points, granted, they had one sack of Jimmy Garoppolo. One sack for eight yards. That was one quarter, and that was the only quarterback hit I think they got. And I don't even think they got close to him, right. you know. Meanwhile, Garoppolo has completions of 39, 31, 19. You know, he, he got the ball to his playmakers who then got down the field. He only completed 18 balls right. out of 27. It wasn't a great night. 166 yards. And, and let's let's face it here. I mean, like, I'll, 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 I'll compare George Kittle and O.J. Howard on the same wavelength. But for oh, the most yeah. part, you can't compare – the, the the weapons offensive weapons that James no Winston has is his disposal to Marquise Goodwin really right, right. like that, that good that's that's your guy right you know um it, yeah I mean these these are not they, they don't Dante Pettis they don't have good outside receivers I mean they they have a committee at running back and they only average three point one for the game so the Bucks did a good job of stopping the run 
Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you combine that, like I said, the offense didn't have to do anything, folks, because the defense scored all the points. Yeah, that, that was one thing, too, to, to note, uh, Rick. And I think that, you know, when we look at, um, you know, that run defense was, what, 29th in the league last year? Yeah. And in the first half, they only allowed 36 rushing yards. And they only allowed nine, less than 100 on the game. Damn good. Uh, 98. So, you know, that's that's what you want to see. You know, that's, that's stuff that you want to see. This defense, I think we do have to point out, you know, they – they played very well. They put points on the board. They they stopped the run. Um, they they didn't allow Jimmy Garoppolo to really hurt them that much. Right. And um, you know, so I, I think that's the one bright spot. You know, I mean, it is. We, we talked about two things all preseason, right? Is the Bulls' defense and Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston. So yeah. um, we can look at that the defense part of it and say. Well, you know, that that was a, a really good step forward, especially with the run defense, I think. Well, I think that's, that's and, one. and I mean, look, I, I thought Vernon Hargraves has a X on his chest, and he comes up with a pick six. And Domicon Sue makes a big stop on third and one to get him off the field. Devin early. White was around some plays. Devin White made a lot of plays. Yeah. We finally got to see him sort of turn loose. And, um, you know, it's funny. I talked to Derek Brooks the other night. He goes, I really wish they hadn't put the green dot on his helmet. I really wish that somebody else was calling it so he could just play. But he had six tackles, and it was a solid performance. It wasn't you know? He was around on that fumble recovery. He didn't get credit for it, right. but I think he was around there on it. Yeah. So I mean, he, force, he force was in on a lot of on a lot of plays. Levante David had some splash plays, a tackle for a loss. He had you know he had uh, seven seven tackles, eight tackles for Jordan Whitehead, who had a really good game. So they they did some nice things on defense. I mean, again, they didn't give up the points, but this is not a great offense. Next week, you know, Car- Carolina hurt themselves with turnovers in this game that they played against the Rams. I mean, they coughed it up a bunch right. of times. But Christian McCaffrey, he was a monster. You know I what I mean? Remember the last time he went to Charlotte? And he was a monster the last time. <laughs> and I'm telling you, we're going to find out, you know, how they can corral this guy. I guarantee you that, that Cam Newton's not going to have two bad games in a row. I don't think Joe McCoy did much. He'll come to play next – he'll come to play Thursday night. Nationally televised game. We've got our smelling salts. We're in a press box. I don't know who left them here. We're taking them home. I might need them to get through another season of Buccaneer football. Wish <laughs> Rick, I we, got, we got two games in five days, man. We're going to need these Instead things. of passing out the visors <laughs> like they did. Quit, you, you're on your fourth one. Instead oh. of passing out the visors like they did tonight, I recommend that the next home game they, they, they do these so they wake the fans up uh, when, they, when they post another stinky game like they did today. Look, uh, Bucs fans, it's just one of 16. Remember this. They were 2-0 last year. They still only won five. So the first week does not mean that you're going to the Super Bowl. It also doesn't mean they're going to lose every game. Um, But because of their schedule, because they don't have another game in Tampa from September 22nd until November 10th, it would behoove them to try to get this one on Thursday night. I guess, as they always say, the best thing about getting the stench out of your your mouth is to to play another game. But we'll see because it's going to come quickly. So... That wraps it up for us. Um, thanks to Eduardo Encina, my buddy cop, and uh, we will be at One Buck Place tomorrow where Bruce Arians is going to uh, put this one to bed uh, probably a little bit before noon, and then they'll immediately begin working on the Carolina game plan. They'll practice, of course, on Monday, uh, Tuesday, and uh, walk through Wednesday, no media availability, travel Wednesday, and to play uh, game Thursday night football at Carolina Bank of America Stadium. So... For Eduardo and Cena, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.